Welcome to another episode of the Bandage Podcast, a weekly wrap-up of the most trending healthcare news. Each week, we'll discuss the latest in healthcare, health IT, and compliance. In this week's episode, I discuss a $1.5 million grant, the first magnetic surgery ever, and AI for Alzheimer's. Let's wrap things up. This is episode 93 for the week of July 12th. I'm Matt Moneypenny. Before we get started, our diagnosis code of the week is W16.132. Fall into a natural body of water, striking the side, causing other injury. Yeah, so, I mean, I imagine a lot of people might have experienced this after the holiday week that we just had being July 4th, um, especially considering... A lot of people go swimming, you know, they go to lakes, they go to pools, all that jazz, all that fun stuff. Um, And, you know, every now and again, people will get challenged to do a belly flop. Okay. And, you know, uh, as for myself, I never back down from a challenge like that. So I'm going to do it. However, you know, belly flops are very painful and they can go uh, very wrong very quickly because honestly, they're the worst idea ever when you're swimming other than diving into a shallow pool. Um, and, you know, if you hit the, the wrong part of your body, you could definitely get this diagnosis code of W16.132. Um, yeah, so hopefully that didn't happen to you guys, but I'm sure it definitely happened to some of us. Hopefully we never do those that happened. We just never do belly flops again, right? So <laughs> anyways, let's get right into the news. First up, we have creating healthy schools and communities. Onondaga County Health Department has been awarded $1.5 million to create healthier nutrition and physical activities in their community. The grant, Creating Healthy Schools and Communities, will help the fact that 65.9% of adults and 33.8% of school children in Onondaga County are overweight or obese. The program will focus on the root cause of chronic diseases arising from overweight and obesity due to poor nutrition and lack of physical activity. The county and community partners will collaborate on culturally sensitive and evidence-based programs to create communities and schools where it will be easy to practice healthy behaviors for all residents. Um, So, you know, this is coming right around uh, National Childhood Obesity Awareness Week, which was July 5th through July 11th. So at the time of recording, it's still going on. Once this goes live, it will most likely be over. Um, So this grant is coming at a very appropriate time is what I'm trying to say. Uh, This is something that we, you know, I I feel like we've talked about this before. Uh, Something related to this is, these programs going on in, in different counties and in states trying to uh, help the children who are obese kind of change their lifestyle in terms of, you know, choosing healthier options, um, being more physically active, things like that. Um, you know, the bottom line is, is it's so hard. It's honestly harder these days, in my opinion, to stay healthy than it is to not stay healthy. And the reason why that is, is because there's so much variety. Like at you know, I feel like there could be a push. Uh, there is a push in recent years to go to restaurants because of foodie, like that that foodie culture um, that exists. So obviously, you know, if you're a child, you're not going to be a foodie because, you know, usually children just eat chicken fingers and macaroni and cheese. But there is something to be said for that because going to restaurants aren't necessarily always healthy, right? Especially considering what children like to eat. They're never going to choose the apple over the chips or the fries. You know what I mean? That's kind of just how it goes. Um, And this has kind of been a struggle that's been going on for 
probably since I've been born in the middle night in the mid nineties. So, um, you know, it's cool that they're, they're doing this and they're still putting money into this fight. I mean, obviously there's, there's, they must be working if they continue to do this, um, in some capacity and they're always good to try to educate children and things like that. So I wish them the best. Um, hopefully, you know, this, this overweight epidemic can stop. Next up world's first magnetic surgery. A two-year-old boy received surgery using magnets at Montreal Children's Hospital, allowing him to eat and swallow. This is the first surgery in the world using magnets. The child was born with a disconnected upper and lower esophagus, meaning that part of the tube that links the mouth to the stomach was missing. Surgeons tried to close the gap by using magnets to bring the stomach up towards the esophagus. The surgery lasted 12 hours and was successful. After a few months of monitoring in the hospital, the boy has now gone home with his family and enjoyed his first birthday cake. Wow. I wonder what he was eating before this. Like, that's a, I mean, right? Never had a birthday cake, but he survived for two years? That's, I mean, wow. Talk about a survivor, first of all. But second of all, that is terrible. I couldn't imagine not being able to eat certain things. Um, You know, this is kind of funny because I was just talking about choosing the the healthier options. And we have a story about a kid eating his first birthday cake. Now, obviously, it's a little bit of, of a different story here. And he deserved that cake. Don't get me wrong. This child who had this surgery deserved a birthday cake. Okay. Even if it wasn't his birthday, he deserves a cake because this is quite, this is like incredible for him. Um, I wonder how that really works. It seems kind of interesting. I don't know. I imagine, you know, they pulled, you put a magnet on one side and put a magnet on the other side and kind of pushed them together and it, it, it merged it together. Right. Um, it doesn't seem like, it seems like one of those things where it's like, it makes so much sense, but like it hasn't happened before already. It's like one of those things where we're like, oh, duh, like, you know, attach magnets to, to get organs to attach to themselves and then suture them. Like that makes a lot of sense to me. Like that sounds very, very safe as opposed to, you know, I'm going to, you know, hook this upper esophagus and hook this lower esophagus and smash and drag them together with my arms. But like a magnet, it's like, Oh, I'm just going to clip them together. Like, duh. Hello. That's awesome. Um, Hopefully, you know, based off of this, there's a lot to learn. Um, The healthcare industry can can find new ways and new creative ways to use magnets and incorporate them in surgery. Um, Obviously, if it took 12 hours, that's a very long time, very delicate procedure. So it's not as as fast as I'm making it sound. It seems like there's a lot lot more involved than, than what I'm describing, but hopefully a lot more surgeries go this way. Next up, predicting Alzheimer's with AI. Researchers at Michigan State University are in the process of developing artificial intelligence technology that uses speech patterns in order to catch early signs of Alzheimer's disease. The lead researcher says that AI can be more reliable than human observation when detecting subtle changes in speech and behavior. The researchers will be implementing the AI algorithms into an app that will make getting medical diagnostics more affordable and accessible. After reviewing the data, the user would receive a score explaining how likely they are showing signs of dementia. However, the doctor would be making the final diagnosis, not the computer. That last part is very important because, you know, that, that second to last sentence where I said, you know, after reviewing the data, the user will receive a score explaining how likely they are showing signs of dementia. That's uh, scary. <laughs> it's like, um, yeah, so I download this app. Uh, a couple weeks later, it just records me talking, and then it's like, yo, you're going to get dementia in 20 years. It's like, oh my gosh, that's terrible. Like, that sounds very scary. Hopefully, I imagine that there's still going to be a lot of scariness 
when this happens, you know, when this app is out, people are actually using it, even with the caveat at the end that a doctor will be making the final diagnosis. Obviously, you want the doctor to make the final diagnosis over an AI algorithm um, because, you know, technology isn't 100% perfect and it does, you know, mess things up, even if it is AI, right? AI is still kind of a new thing. Um, so there's a lot of kinks to be worked out in that regard. But uh, that would, I feel like it'll still cause some upheaval, but not as much as if they didn't, if they just let the, the, the app decide everything. It was like, oh, you're getting, you know, hey, uh, you've got dementia in 20 years. So we're going to start sending you some medication now. It's like, whoa, that would be very, very, very scary. So um, it seems like they're going about this the right way. Hopefully it works out. Um, I'm interested in seeing the success ratio of what happens with this AI. And with that, let's go to our next segment. B-R-E-A-C-H. Breach Patrol. It's a breach! All of the latest cybersecurity breaches. Welcome to Breach Patrol. We talk about the latest and greatest and biggest and scariest breaches all across the world. First up, we have Casia Hack Goes Global. U.S. technology firm Casia was the recent victim of a worldwide ransomware attack. Casia makes software used to remotely manage IT networks and devices. Hundreds of computers have been impacted with victims ranging from grocery store chains, schools, and national railway systems. Casia warned customers to shut down their on-premise servers. The attack began July 3rd. The responsible ransomware group said that they would publicly release a decryption tool if it is paid $70 million in Bitcoin. Um, you know, Bitcoin requiring Bitcoin for payment makes sense because then it's untraceable. Um, so that isn't a surprise there. Um, what is crazy though is that this is a ransomware attack attacking a vendor that then affects every client of that vendor, which is insane. So that is like, you know, you buy something thinking it's, you know, cool, and then everyone else who buys something gets hurt from it in some way or loses their data that's crazy i mean that's really what it is 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 i couldn't imagine how many i mean grocery store chain schools national railway systems it doesn't say how many particular companies other companies were affected but the fact that all of those are plural is insane and think about how impactful that is from an infrastructure standpoint grocery store chains right provide food schools you know provide education as if they didn't already have it hard enough with trying to uh, you know, come back from remote teaching during COVID-19. Now, some of these schools are unable to operate because their their entire online infrastructure is held to ransom because of a vendor that they trusted. And then national railway systems. I mean, that's commerce, right? So it gets you twice um, with the grocery store chains. And then the grocery store chains aren't going to be getting any more food because of the national railway systems. I mean, obviously, I'm sure food comes from other distributors, but you know, in this case of what I'm making, it makes sense. Um, so yeah, this is a very scary attack. Ransomware is um, continues to be more and more popular. I mean, it just makes sense for hackers to 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 target companies and just try to brute force their way into a company, shut the company down, and and say, hey, pay us money, we'll give you this back. I mean, and it's untraceable through Bitcoin, like. It sounds like it's super lucrative, right? So hopefully Casia is is sending or is working with the FBI because that's, that's what is recommended is once a ransomware attack happens, work with 
federal authorities to get things solved out. Next up, Air India passengers seek compensation. Air India faced a sophisticated cyber attack in February this year after its system provider, SIDA, was hacked. This led to the leak of personal data of 4.5 million passengers from across the world. Many passengers victimized by the cyber attack have hired legal counsel to help compensate for damages. The lawyers have used the company's customer care data privacy policy as proof that the passengers deserve compensation. 4.5 million passengers. Man. Every time I go over this section, the stories provided in this section are so scary. It's like you are a regular everyday consumer. Part of your life, you're going to have to purchase things in the modern world. That's just how it is, right? If you, if, if you, need to tra- if you want to travel, you need to ha- an airplane, right? You can't just, you know, I wish everyone could just buy their own airplane and fly across the world, but that's just not the case. So you have to rely on companies to do those services for you. That's nothing new. But now that the internet is making it so that these companies can make so much more money if they provide the convenience of purchasing things online, um, it provides a huge risk to these companies as well as, as, as the consumers that use them because the, the company requires a certain amount of information in order to properly purchase something, right? And that has a tendency to backfire, especially these days. I mean, it's just, Every day, every day, there's thousands of breaches happening on, on companies that c- customers rely on, um, and they don't even think anything of it, right? The customer is like, okay, yeah, sure, like, what are you going to do with my financial information after I pay for this? It's like, well, you know, they keep it in their ledger, and, and you know, they keep it in their books and make sure that they have file of that and what you paid with, your credit card number, um, your name, your address, how much you paid, all that kind of information is is extremely important. So. It's just very scary, um, and, and there's there's nothing there's really honestly there's not that much we can do about it. It's it's come to the point now where breaches are going to happen no matter what, and that's kind of what why this section exists in the first place. So, um, hopefully, these 4.5 million passengers are well attuned to phishing attempts um, so that they don't further lose more information. And finally, Social Security not secure at Marsh and McLennan. Marsha McLennan was hit by a data breach that started around April 22nd and was contained in April 30th. Names, social security numbers, and other federal tax information was leaked. The people affected include staff, former staff, clients, and others. Marsha McLennan informed everyone potentially affected on June 30th. They offered credit monitoring for two years, identity theft detection and resolution services, and up to $1 million in identity theft insurance coverage. Yep, so credit card monitoring, identity theft, insurance coverages are standard operating procedures for companies that are breached um, to offer to their customers, and it's usually always a year. So in this case, it's two years, so that's good. You get an extra year. if you. So that's you know well done by Marsh and McLennan. Um, they also contained the breach fairly soon. I mean, it was within the week, um, so six or eight days, so I guess, you know, a week and a day if we're going to be technical. But... What isn't good is obviously the names and social security numbers and other federal tax information was leaked. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's, that's probably the worst it can get other than, you know, protected health information. But social security, social security number, tax IDs, W-2 information, names, I mean, that is all a recipe for huge identity theft. Um, so 
and that's really unfortunate. I feel really bad for the for the customers. Um, you know, hopefully they they do take Marsha McLennan's offer up on credit monitoring and identity theft detection because you know I wouldn't take my chances in this particular instance, and I would definitely sign up for that today if I got notified. Um, so if you were one of the people that were unfortunately hit by this breach or affected in any way, make sure you double check um, if you have done services with them. Um, that's unfortunate for the for the company, obviously. Um, and just just try to protect yourself as much as you can. What's done is done at this point. Now you got to have your uh, your remediation and you got to get back on your feet. And that's it for this week's wrap up of your weekly healthcare news. I'm Matt Moneypenny. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Bandage Podcast produced by eTactics.